My name is Dr. Michael McHenry. I am a board certified physical medicine and rehabilitation physician. And in, our, in my practice, I work with patients every day uh, for common conditions such as um, lumbar pain, uh, shoulder discomfort, um, things that happen in the form of work-related injuries and things that happen as far as being weekend warriors and going out and being as active as possible. One of the things I endeavor to do with my patients is to get them on the road to recovery or the road to a new life by trying to add exercise as well as other techniques to get the fullest out of life, to be as functional as possible. That's a little known fact of the, the field of physiatry, physical medicine and rehabilitation. It's a specialty of function. And so as the, as the practice is, or the way that I practice on a daily basis, um, I like to get people first to acknowledge that there is a better way. And I, I usually look at this in a five-fold manner, five healthy things that you can do for a better life. And so we do know that there are benefits from physical activity. Just a few of them are, you have a higher health-related fitness. You have a higher control and maintenance of healthy weight. You have a, a, a less risk of debilitating medical conditions and less chronic disease rates than those who are inactive. Now, we talk about physical activity, we talk about fitness, we talk about exercise, and they're really uh, somewhat the same, but a little different. Physical activity can be any movement of the body that moves your muscles and contracts them and causes their energy expenditure beyond its baseline. So if you move, Rather than sitting around on the couch, if you move and walk to the kitchen to get a drink of water, that's physical activity. But exercise is a uh, purposeful physical activity that is organized and planned and recurrent to improve or maintain one's health. So that's what exercise. And then fitness is the ability to perform one's activities, activities of daily living, respond to emergencies, enjoy leisure activities with sufficient energy and vitality without ex excess fatigue. And, and it is the outcome of exercise. So physical activity, any movement we do, exercise is something that we plan and that we have vitality and gives us, but then fitness is the results of your exercise that allow you to live a very, fruitful and purposeful life. If that's what physical activity and fitness is, then the other side of it in activity is what we would call deconditioning or what it leads to inactivity leads to deconditioning. Deconditioning can be described as a state of health that occurs from being consistently physically inactive and lacking exercise in one's daily life there has been uh, shown to be if, uh, that deconditioning is a common preventable cause of mortality and morbidity. If deconditioning were a disease state, it would be more common 
than hypertension or diabetes. Um, there, have been, there has been research that shows that healthcare spending increases as your activity level decreases or vice versa. So another way of saying, the more active you are, the less healthcare dollars are spent for you and by you. So isn't that a good reason to say, I need to be a little bit more active so that I'm not spending money on prescription medication or I'm not spending extra money going to the emergency room. So activity equals, uh, equals true healthcare and exercise can be a type of medicine or the type of medicine that keeps you out of the doctor's office. There have been studies that also show that healthcare providers and health educators can do a great deal to move people to getting more activity and being more physically fit if they just mention it. And so it has been my practice or my method or my concern for my patients that I would mention activities. Many times when I'm talking to a patient, they'll come into my office for a condition like knee pain. And they'll come in and say, doc, my knee has been hurting for the last four or five weeks. And I'll get a history and say, uh, how did this start? And they may say I slipped or I might've just woken up, uh, awakened this morning with pain in my knee. And, and so I'll go through a history and try to find out where it is and what it is. I may take an x-ray and I may see something or I may see something, uh, uh, I may see nothing at all, but I, I may diagnose that they have uh, a torn ligament or, uh, or uh, um, degeneration of their cartilage or arthritis in the joint. And the biggest thing will be, they'll say, well, since my knee has been hurting, I haven't been as physically active. Or, uh, or because of COVID, I haven't been as physically active. And I really want to get back there because I'm putting on extra weight. And, and, and so my goal is to say, let's fix this problem so that won't be an impediment from people getting as much exercise as they want. So when then we talk about exercise, what is the type of exercise that we should do? Well, there are several different types. There's aerobic exercise. That's when your, um, your movement and your cardiovascular system and the large muscles are moving in a, moving in a rhythmic uh, manner for a sustained uh, period of time. And then there's strength or resistant exercise. That's when we're moving the muscles against the weight or like when we're using uh, dumbbells or we're using the, um, the machines at a fitness center or we're just using bands that we have at our house. And then there's flexibility exercise. That's our stretching. That's our range of motion. You don't need any machinery or any kind of equipment to do that. And then the last type of exercise is balance where we're doing static or dynamic exercises that will help you to be be able to withstand just the gravitational forces. All four of these types of exercise should be a part of our plan for optimal health. Um, so then you say, what is the recommendation? What is the, what it, how much exercise should I be getting? And for most individuals, uh, adult individuals and 
uh, uh, middle age and older, the recommendation is that you get 150 minutes per week or 30 minutes, five, at least five times a week of cardiovascular exercise or aerobic exercise, and that's of moderate intensity. If you did more vigorous activities, you could cut that in half and do 75 minutes per week of vigorous activity. But there is a type that is called high intensity interval training or HIIT uh, um, exercises. And that's where you, where you may walk at a brisk pace for a while and then do a little jog or a little uh, running in place, just uh, keeping your getting your heart rate up a little bit more. And there have been some studies that show that getting your heart rate up to a higher level and then bringing it down in a continuous motion will give you greater health benefits. But normally I just say, if you can do 30 minutes a day, five days a week, that meets the aerobic capacity. Then what is my uh, goal for strength training? Well, we should be doing at least two to three times a week of about 30 minutes of some type of strength and resistant type of exercise. And then flexibility exercise should really be done most days out of the week uh, when you get up in the morning. Just get it on the floor while you're in the bed before you get out of, the, out of the bed. Bring your knees to your chest and drop them to the left or to the right. And just sustain access, uh, stretching and holding these positions for about 60 seconds at a time uh, it, and trying to do all the major muscle groups of the body. Why would you wanna do this? Well, studies have shown physical activity improves your sleep onset. If you have problems with ins uh, insomnia, doing exercises is a great way of trying to uh, get to sleep quicker. Uh, your duration and quality of exercise and you have longer amounts of deep sleep. Who doesn't want to get good night's sleep? Then just a single episode of physical activity improves brain executive functions, your concentration, your attention, your emotional regulation, your memory, your ability to plan and organize from just a single episode just some single episodes of physical activity. Physical activity can also decrease depressive symptoms and it can and feelings of anxiety. Your and then physical activity can help you have a perceived quality of life improvement with just physical activity. Physical activity uh, in older and young help with physical independence and improve bone health, reduce risks of falls, and this, these are all great points that we all want to have. Physical activity can lower your blood pressure. Uh, it can improve your insulin sensitivity and, and improve your mental function. I would say that these are all things that we want to do. Um, but why do I do it? I do it because it makes me feel better and it makes me have uh, a better, I, I feel like I'm bettering myself. I've always say, stated long life or lifespan is one thing, but health span is a different thing. Lifespan is how many years you live on this earth. And it doesn't mean if you're 
in the hospital bed or you're uh, not able to do anything, but you're alive and, and that's your lifespan. Hellspan is more, I get the picture when I think of Hellspan is Moses. When Moses was leading the children of Israel and because he didn't do what the Lord told him or impressed him to do, the Lord said that you will not be able to go into the promised land. And I know that that would have been a, a sad thing if that was uh, if that was told to me. But Moses then climbed the mountain and he got to see the promised land. And, and then he just laid down and died. How many people right before they die can climb a mountain and just lay down? And that's more what we speak of when we talk of health span. How long you can be healthy so that because there has been a statement that says more people rust out than wear out. You usually don't wear out your body if you take care of it, just like your car. If you get a proper oil change, if you put good gasoline into the car, if you change the tires and you change the oil, those things will pre pre preserve the life of your car. The same thing, the last time I talked about, I talked about nutrition, putting the right things in our body, but not just putting the right things in our body, using our bodies and physical activity will uh, improve our health span. So as I told you, for adults, the normal recon, uh, recommendation is about 30 minutes a day, five times a, uh, 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 five times a week. The same thing holds with women that are pregnant or in the postpartum, 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity um, per week. Children, it's a little bit more. They should be playing more. As we remember when, when we may have been growing up or I remember when I was growing up, we'd play outside until the lights uh, came on or we'd run at school and play and we had recess recess at that time and you would get physical activity every day and so the the standard is at least 60 minutes per day for uh, children 6 to 17 or teenagers in that range um, but they should also be doing strength exercises as well Flexibility, as I said, at least 10 minutes a day, two to three times a week is very appropriate. Doing two to four repetitions with each muscle group and accumulating 60 seconds for each stretch. The thing that we should remember when we're stretching, we should be warmed up. The muscles work uh, will be loosened a lot better if we have warmed up before. So like walking around and getting your joints loosened up before or doing your activity, doing that 30 minutes of activity and then stretching after it is better. And that you should never bounce when you're trying to stretch, you know, trying to get that last few uh, inches of a stretch and you bounce, sometimes that can be harmful. The other thing that we wanna remember that stretching should not be painful. There may be some discomfort when you're doing your range of motion, but that should never be uh, painful. Exercise as, as medicine is what I told you. Exercise as medicine is the talk that I uh, wanted to give tonight. And there have been some studies that have, um, have followed um, 
patients, over 340,000 subjects in 305 randomized controlled trials. And what it showed about exercise is for, for people that have had a stroke, exercise is better than medications for post-stroke treatment. And for people that have coronary artery disease or pre-diabetes, exercise is, as, as, is equivalent to medicine to medications as a secondary, as a secondary prevention. So that's not to say that you go and stop your medicine or do other things. We're saying that exercise can help maintain as well as medicines can for the secondary prevention of coronary artery disease or prediabetes. Medication was not found to, I mean, medication was found to be superior to exercise in patients that had heart failure. So we're just saying in certain conditions, medication, I mean, exercise and physical activities can be better than medication, but we would never say stop your medicine, consult your doctor and, um, and really do those things. But those are key points. Uh, a few things about physical inactivity. So physical inactivity is the fourth leading risk factor for global mortality. So people the fourth leading risk factor for people dying across the globe. Physical activity is the cause of one in 10 premature deaths. And if worldwide physical inactivity decreased by 25%, just 25%, 1.5 million deaths could be averted every year. That's 1.5 million deaths. Uh, Further studies on inactivity. We need to think about as we're working or as we're at home, the more time we sit during the day shaves off years off our life. So today I was in clinic and in the clinic that I'm in on Wednesdays, I usually stand the whole day. I usually maybe when I say stand the whole day while I'm in clinic, at lunchtime, when I eat my lunch or when I'm reading a book during the lunch hours, I may sit down for that hour. But uh, And I will sit down when I go into the patient's room. But my plan is between patients and going from one, I do not sit down because I know that the more time that you are sedentary in the workplace, it has been shown that that shaves years off your life. And so they said... Um, uh, those sedentary behaviors are ones that can cause a lot of problems. When you come home in the evening, they, there have been some studies that show that people that uh, sit in front of the TV, uh, they gain more weight. It's an increased hazard ratio of all-cause mortality uh, in those that getting seven hours of exercise per week. If you get seven hours of work, but then you go and sit between in front of the TV, you your mortality goes up. Gain, weight gain happens when you sit in front of the TV, and um, and unhealthy foods and prolonged sitting are the things that provide that. I will give you a personal story. Personally, about two years ago, I I I um I lost a great deal of weight, and. And a lot of people noticed that I had lost some weight and they asked me, what did you do? What did you do? And the thing that I told them, and it wasn't from any study that I read, I said that I stopped watching TV in the evening. 
not for any particular reason, but I mean, I, I, I stopped watching TV and they said, well, how did that get you to lose weight? And I said, well, here's the thing. You come home from work, you may come home and eat a dinner, eat your dinner, get, get your full, and then if you then recline or go and sit in front of the TV and stay up for several hours, many times the marketing on the TV, the people on TV eating foods, the things like that will be uh, something that will um, get you to start getting hungry again. So you ate at about five or six, and now you're up till nine or 9.30, then you start getting hungry again. And what, what choices do you have at that time? First of all, it's not best to eat late at night right before going to bed. That's another way of uh, increasing or uh, increasing your weight because you have no ability to burn any calories at that time. But the other thing is uh, the choices that you make at, ni uh, at night. Uh, many times people are grazing and they're just grabbing anything they can. And that was my story. And so I gained weight. By just going to bed a bit earlier, I started going to bed at about 8.30 or 9 o'clock and not staying up. And initially, my body was saying, I am used to uh, getting a meal. So my stomach just growled and growled and growled and growled. But then after a while, it's like anything else. You train your body. You beat it into submission. You say, this is the new me. Those, those growling stomachs stopped growling and the weight just came off. And so people really find that, but there have been research that shows television has been associated with eating unhealthy foods and prolonged sitting, which can um, decrease your all, call, I mean, increase your all cause mortality. So when I look at uh, some things uh, that can help you live a better life. I, I break them down to the five health shifts. First thing I would say is that we all need to acknowledge that there is a better way. When someone tells you about, or your doctor, or your colleague, or your friend, or people in your circle say, hey, you know, exercise is really good for you. Just get out there and move. The studies have shown, we talked about 150 uh, minutes a week. But any movement has been shown uh, to be beneficial. So it's not like there's a minimum. If you do more than you did yesterday and you can do 15 minutes a week or you do 30 minutes a week or you do 45 minutes a week, it can be helpful. Then the thing after you acknowledge that there's a better way, the second thing is to begin moving forward. Take that first step. Once you take that first step, be consistent. You may have a good day and you may have a bad day, but cumulatively, if you keep on moving forward, it's going to be beneficial. The, the third would be try to be consistent. Just do something. It doesn't have to be the same. Do something with walk with a friend or listen to a book and take a nice little stroll or uh, get on a stationary bike or just walk around your room in a circle so many times. And so consistency is the next thing. Then the next thing I would say is share it with someone else. Tell somebody else the benefits that have come to you from this new activity. Uh, in, in medicine, we do a thing that's called 
see one, do one, and then teach one. And so this is the concept I'm saying. You've seen the benefits. You've acknowledged that health is wealth and exercise is a type of medicine. Then you start doing it for yourself and you see the benefits. Now, why not share it? Share it with someone else. And that would be then teach one. And then the last thing would be celebrate doing the process. Start celebrating and start saying, oh, I might not be where I want to be, but I'm better than where I was previously. This is the Exercises Medicine Podcast. We believe in the acronym New Heart, and that's the name of my practice, New Heart Lifestyle Medicine. New Heart, nutrition, exercise, and wellness with a changed heart. Today, we would like to um, talk about the five um, essential steps to developing that new heart. Number one is recognizing or awakening to the problem, to see the problems in our health behaviors. So first of all, you have to um, gain a, a perspective that there is a problem. It may be weight, it may be diabetes, it may be pre-diabetes or hypertension. We first have to understand that that is a problem get some help, understand that maybe your family member, your physician, co-workers have noticed that maybe you're a bit overweight or maybe you don't have the stamina and you're always fatigued or maybe you are very sleepy during the day and have enough of, of insight to say, I need to do something about it. Until you realize that there is a problem and you make definitive steps to um, making a change in that that behavior and uh, get to the point that you want to develop the action plan and you have a significant amount of confidence that you can follow through on this plan, it's no sense in making um, any declarations that change is going to happen. Um, I remember... um, as uh, a young man, when I was uh, considering sports, sport, uh, sporting activities, and I used to coach for um, one of my high school teams. And one of the things that I really tried to instill is that um, this is the Exercises Medicine podcast, New Heart. The acronym New Heart is Nutrition, Education, and Wellness with a Changed Heart. Today, we want to begin the process of making a change. So last time we talked about awake to the need for change. This time, you have to begin to make the change. You have to step out there and start making progress toward a change. So um, let's say it's diet. Well, let's, let's also, let's go to more appropriate, let's go to exercise. You know you want to lose weight. 
you know you want to be more physically fit, you realize that there is some benefit to 30 minutes a day of exercise, five days a week at moderate intensity. And so you, you say, well, I'm going to start at the first of the month. Or, and today is um, September 23rd. You say, well, October 1, we'll start then because it's about starting at the beginning of the month and tracking it there. Why not start today? You can make a lot of excuses as to the reason why you can't begin your journey today. And maybe it's not the perfect time. Maybe it's not the, maybe it's the beginning of the week and not the uh, first part of the week. But just start. Get out there and start doing the things that you want to do. If you're saying, I need to stop eating as many snacks, well, I'll start at the beginning of the week. What is so important about the, let's start today. Start first thing in the morning and get to making the change. So once you realize there is a problem and you wake to that realization, then you next need to begin to strike out, to make the first step. I think it's very important that we start doing it because you can always take one or two steps forward and maybe fall back. But if you never start, you're never going to start the journey toward wholeness to that new heart. This is Dr. Michael McHenry, and this has been your New Heart Exercises Medicine Moment. Uh, this is Dr. Michael McHenry with Exercises Medicine Podcast. We're working on the acronym New Heart. Um, or the new is the acronym, and the heart is just a change of heart. That's nutrition, exercise, and wellness with a changed heart. We talked about awaking to the problem. We talked about beginning the journey. And today we're talking about consistently. Personally, I could say about myself that I am consistently inconsistent. Or I've said that in the past. And our goal is to try to be as consistent as possible. So in moving forward with any health goal, our goal is to uh, be consistent. So if we decided to exercise every day, 30 minutes a day, no, let's not make inherent or uh, let's not make excuses. It's raining today. We can get an umbrella. Uh, it's, um, it is, uh, it's a Tuesday and I just don't like to exercise on Tuesday or it's hot outside and we can wait until the evening or we want to do anything we can to be consistent with our goals because consistency breeds a, a habit. And as in the book, Atomic Habits, it's saying just making small changes on a daily basis will help us get to our goal. And so um, I do know that this has very been very uh, helpful in my life. And when I have gone on any dietary journeys, just continually, even if you make a stumble here and there, to just keep on uh, adding to what you do on a daily basis. Uh, this, uh, that's it.